Welcome to Dream Chasers Radio, where we are always daring to be different. Get ready, get ready, get ready to be inspired. Let's get moving toward our goals. And here to make that happen is our host, Yaya Diamond. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. We are always daring to be different right here at Dream Chasers Radio. With me, your host, Yaya Diamond. I am so excited to have this show with you guys today. Practice, learn, practice, learn, practice, learn, practice, learn. I mean, we can keep going. We can keep going. (laughs) You're listening to us on 97.5 FM, Real Community Radio in North Fork, Florida, as well as Bombay Radio in New York City, Dream Chasers Radio and TV Networks on Roku, and um, also on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker. I mean, we are everywhere, and wherever you listen to podcasting, that's where we are. We we take no partiality to anything in any medium. If you'd like to share this link with anyone, you can do it anywhere on social media, and I will be so appreciative of it. Thank you so much. You can add us to your Spotify playlist as well. We are here to inspire you to go after your goal, and we have so many wonderful artists on this show and so many wonderful business people on the show and celebrities that are coming on the show and telling you about their journey, letting you know that their journey is no different from any other journey out there and that you too can do and become a success. So your key, the key to success, guys, is practice, then learn, then practice, then learn. So you got to study to show yourself what? Approved, right? So you study, you learn. You study, you learn that. You study, you learn that. Then you practice, 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 practice. You study, you learn. You study. It's a, it's a never-ending cycle of learning and then what you learn you put that into practice and our guests today know exactly exactly how that is you know studying can be tedious but finding your best i mean your best method of learning is going to be something that you need to do in order to retain the knowledge that you're that you're trying to put into your brain i find that when I hear things back, when I say it and then hear it back, it's easier for me. Does it take a longer time and more commitment? Definitely. But the moment I hear it, I hear it once or twice after I've, re- after I've recorded it and hear it about once or twice after that, I got it. I got it. I got it. So it's like, to me, practicing learning is amazing. That's how I learn my songs, too. Now, I have to say that if I don't do it as much as I should, I don't retain it. So that means that you will have to, whatever you learn, put it into practice all the time, all the time. I find that when I don't do a song or I don't do something and it takes me a while to get back to it, I have to relearn it or I have to kind of review it again, relearn it, kind of tweak it, find out what's best for me. And I find that if I don't put it into practice right away, it's even harder for me to retain that knowledge later on. So put that into practice right away, right away. We have such wonderful guests for you tonight. I am so excited. At around at around 9 o'clock, we're going to have a wonderful celebrity chef on the show 
just for you. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm excited, excited, excited to say that celebrity chef Jerome Brown will be on the show today. You know, I I don't know. Don't ask me. I don't know. I have I have this this theory. And it's funny because I never really pursue people to come on the show. And I know that people that you know, they go out and they pursue people, they pursue people, they pursue I don't I I don't make that a habit because I want to make myself available to people who maybe aren't the normal person that you would go after. Of course you're gonna go after all the celebrities. I think that everyone has something to offer. And so being a celebrity is great and I love having celebrities on my show. But I also love having you on my show as well. Having the people that I know are putting their their feet to the ground, they're 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 on the ground, they're they're grinding, they're 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 putting their all forward and they're going after it and they're how do they say they're putting their nose to the ground, they're they're um they they are oh my gosh, I can't think of the word hustling. They're hustlers. They're going after it. Those are the people I love, too. I love it. And I love to see progress. And my next guest is amazing in progress. I want to welcome James to the show. James, thank you so much. I think this is James. Hello? Bonjour. Je m'appelle Chimay. Et toi? Oh, I don't speak French, but it sounds really good. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's, hi, I'm James. And you? Hi. <laughs> Hi, James. How are you? Uh, very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's so good to have you on the show. Tell me what's been going on since the last time we spoke. Well, since the last time we spoke, there's been some fun and games. I Blue somehow put out another album this year in quick succession. I've finished up my autobiography, Broken Blue Skies, and that comes out next month. Wow. Ivy Blue might be stepping in the studio again very shortly. And mm-hmm. we're trying to plot to a date. Wow. 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 So how does this, I mean, that, that you are doing everything that you said you would do, that you set out to do. The last time we spoke, you were talking about all this. You were talking about how you were so looking forward to everything that was coming up. Tell me what happened between then and now. Well, we ended up having a few songs. They made up the new album, Elsa Stars, where we had some unfinished business to take care of. So we finished those mm-hmm. songs and put them out about a month ago. Okay. The autobiography that I've been working on for six years, which talks about my journey having grown up with my disabilities in a country town while forming Ivy Blue, learning music and the rest of it. We're wrapping that up now. That comes out in October. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple of other projects with Ivy Blue we're going to be doing over the next year. And if it weren't for getting assaulted to the point where I couldn't fly, we would have just been back from America a couple of months ago. 
Mm. So we're trying to reschedule some of those dates and get out there as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, not only are you an author now and also, you know, a rock star, okay, all right, you are a mental health advocate, a speaker, an actor. I mean, you've worked with various people. Tell me about that. How does that help you? Well, the way I look at it, I find that I'm able to come to those subjects from a different perspective. You can get a lot of... Mm -hmm worldwide experts who can look at the stats and have a look at all these different bits and pieces of how it works. Mm -hmm. What I've got that's a little bit different, I suppose, is I've got the perspective of actually having it so I can tell you about my highs, my lows, my struggles from the Mm. perspective of someone who has what I've got. It's not to Mm -hmm. knock anything that's out there. It's just a perspective that might be very relevant in a time when a lot of people are coming out of the closet with mental health issues and I started speaking to people, I started speaking to politicians years ago about it, even before Ivy Blue mm. was a thing. But mm-hmm. I've been doing it a lot more now because I've got the platform and right. I'm ready to talk about these things now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, Now, I know for a fact that you put a lot of work into your into your projects, into your book. And what is it like to actually learn and then put it into practice or, you know, get something and put it into practice? How how do you work on that? And and what is it like to actually see the product now that it's out, it's getting ready to come out there or it's out there? Well, I think with respect to your question, for the learning, we, when we get to the summit of one thing, we go back down into the transcripts and learn something else. So we're not interested in just doing the same kind of music for the next 20, 30, 40 years. We want to keep experimenting mm-hmm. and finding new ground, which is the learning. And putting mm-hmm. it into practice is what we release. Also, SARS was us finding some ground within a mix of different kinds of music just to see where we might go next. Mm-hmm. The book has sort of taken all my learning over the years and putting it into one page, page and putting that in there more as a self-reflection thing that happens mm-hmm. to now be very public. And that's where I see it. Once you get to the top of one thing, you go back down into the trenches and learn something else to climb another mountain. Right. Wow. Now, okay, so we, we have all of this. You you know, you've you've been putting success on top of success on top of success. Now that you're at where you're at now, and you have your music that you have out now, and your autobiography, the biography is coming out, and it's just so many different things going on. How do you feel at this moment in your life and looking back, what was it that really propelled you forward? Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I think with <laughs> I think with looking back, that's something that we haven't really done because we've been so interested in moving forward as Ivy Blue, and I've been I'm so forward fast moving in my own life that I'm very used to not looking back. 
because I'm afraid that I'll stay for too long. With the book, I was forced to do it, and I figured out, actually, there's a couple of lessons you're not done with yet. So that comes back into what we were just talking about. So looking back, I've had a better life than what was projected for me by the doctors when I was first diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't take it back. There's some... There's a couple of things I changed, but everything brought me here for a reason. I don't think there was one thing from my past that projected me. I think it's all sort of been a journey that's led up to this point. Mm-hmm. Wow. Being that you led up to this point, you know, and, and with the disability that you have, we don't have to go into detail. Just just to understand. Oh, that I'm happy talking about it. I hear you, but there's more of a challenge for you than there is for someone like they would say me that's quote-unquote normal. What, what, I mean, did you ever doubt yourself? Yeah, I've doubted myself over things over the years. The third album, Illusions, I write this in the book. It was written about an ex, the only ex I've ever had. And Mm -hmm. there was so much baggage with it. I remember saying, no, I don't want to put this out. I'm really not comfortable with this. And then everybody sort of had to talk me over and realize it it can mean that to me, but it might mean something else to someone else. It could take on another form. And that, in reality, the longer I held on to those songs, the more issues I was going to have. So in the end, it was like, okay, let it go, put the songs out, and hope to God you don't get shouted down your throat too much. In reality, it was illusions that really started making things happen overseas and getting people to pay attention. So it was a difficult choice. We might have done it a little differently looking back now, but we got to where we are Start really signed from that record. Mhm. Wow. You I mean, would you be know, very surprised how close that came to not coming out. I, you know, I wouldn't be actually, because I understand it. You know, I understand the complexities of it, and and also self doubt about you know about your capability of doing things and and getting things out there and getting it done. That's it, in itself is hard. You know. It's not an easy thing to do, and to put yourself out there. So your auto, your biography's coming out. Um, Ivy Blue Bland has got a, the website. Everything, the new album called um, Else. Was it called Else the Stars? Else the Stars. Ah. Yeah, Else the Stars. Wow, wow. Tell me about that. Tell me about the album. How did? I mean, how did you guys work that out? Well, first of all. We worked to a six-week schedule, so mm-hmm. that's interesting in itself, but I'll delve into that some other time. The, mm-hmm. We had a few songs left over from the patient sessions last year that we felt we weren't really finished with yet. There were some ideas that we still wanted to put out there while we were still here in this sort of mindset. Mm-hmm. So we set about our usual process. The album originally had a few different tracks, but we had to seriously revisit it following the 
terrorist attack here in New Zealand. There were some things which we thought it's not intended like this. Right. This is sort of on the border of being read wrong. So we went back, did Mm. another six weeks, and the result is this album. Wow. Wow. Now, obviously, the terrorist attack really affected you guys. It, It affected you so much so that you went back. What was it like to go back to something that you had already pretty much almost determined that this was it, and now that it, it's just not it? Well, when we we went back in the studio about three weeks later, once the dust had settled down, and we listened back to it, and it's like, this is not a difficult decision. We need to revisit this. Mm-hmm. And then it was, I think it was our drummer who came in with a few different ideas, we played with them. We all brought in our different ideas and worked on things as usual. Played it live for the recording. I went into my usual weekends of seclusion to write everything, and the process went swimmingly once we decided on what we were going to do. Now that the original mm-hmm. idea was sort of out of the question. Right. Wow. But if we put out what we've done, we probably would have destroyed our career. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. That's, that that was, is mind-blowing. It was unintentional. It was uh-huh. unintentional, but we read, okay, this is not the time for this. Go back right. to the drawing board. Wow. That is and, – and that is something that you have to learn as you as you progress in your, in your field and in, in the things that you want to do. And also, uh, as a group – it's great to have the same mentality, the same mind, the same direction. So with Elstro Stars coming out, the autobiography, um, which, you're, which is Broken Blue Skies, coming out October 19th of this year. I'm so proud of you, James. So proud of you. Thank you. I'm so happy for you guys. You're going to have to send me some music so I can play it because I don't have anything. So I know it's not coming out yet. Okay, I know, odd. you know. I'm pretty sure we sent the folder over, but we'll double check and we'll send something first. Yes, please do. I know I have a couple of links, but I don't have any audio. I just have. Okay, pictures. we'll get on to that. Definitely. Okay. Okay. And hopefully right. we'll be down your then, way as soon as we can once we've got all the kabuffle sorted on how we're going to do get a North American leg together now that we're done dealing with a dodgy promoter. Oh, gosh. And secondly, not to things that head, you, so hopefully we'll be seeing you soon. Definitely. And things that you have to deal with as a, as a recording artist, no matter where you are in the world, it's always going to be difficult. <laughs> yeah. It's always but At least we're trying to work so on so much. Definitely. No worries. You have to. You have. Yeah, definitely. You have to. And I am appreciative that you're back on the show. Where can people reach you? Well, our main website is ivybluebandnz.wix.com slash ivybluedeadspace. That's where you can re- listen to Also Stars on a streaming service. We've got a couple of things we're working on to put on the site in a couple of weeks. And I actually have an announcement that you don't know about. Mm. For the Ivy Boys. 
We're remastering what? the old catalog. We're, we're remastering the old catalog. We're starting with the 22A EP, our first release. It has never been available on streaming services, ever. And we're releasing that to start the remasters on October the 18th. This is news oh, wow. right now. Mm-hmm. Then over the next year, we'll be remastering everything from Reveal to Patience, bringing it all up to mm-hmm. new standards. And okay. at the end of it, there might be a couple of other surprises. So that's a new announcement for you there. And we'll be putting nice. the information up on the site shortly. If you want to know more about the book, it's ivybluebandnz.wix.com slash Broding. Pre-orders are open now. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you can read little bits of the book and stuff from there. Definitely. And I found it. I found the link with all the songs and everything on it. I'm going to play Wild Horses, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. All right. So thank you so much, James. I'm looking forward to updates as usual. Oh, my gosh. I'm so, so, so happy for you guys. No worries. Once we've got 22 AEP remastered, you'll be the first to get it. Yeah! Yes. Yes, yes. And hopefully we'll have some tour on you soon, but... (laughs) Hopefully we'll have some tour on you soon, but we'll keep you updated. Okay. All right, then. All right, then, James. Here it is. Ivy Blue with Wild Horses. Before I met you, you played games. 
Sweet, sweet, sweet. Yes, yes, yes. Wow, I am excited. I have so, wow. I am so honored to have had James back on the show that he could, you know, update us with what's going on with him, what's going on with the band. Goodness gracious, I am excited, definitely excited. Wow, we have our next guest on the show, and I am just going to go ahead and thank him for calling in and being on the show. Thank you so much. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. Hello, uh, my name is Strike Boogie, and I am a creative uh, artist in various fields of the arts and uh, arts and entertainment field uh, in the industry. I do quite a bit. <laughs> well, that's saying it mildly. <laughs> I, think I know. My God, it might be too big. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, okay, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you do a lot. Okay, so you're a self-made, multi-published, multifaceted professional, creative director, creative artist in the industry of comic books, video games, film production, photography, and music established over 20 years ago. Yes. <laughs> so I started, ah. when, I started when I was, uh, I started drawing and 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 stuff when I was in high school, but then I didn't mm-hmm. really establish myself as an artist until I was about nineteen or twenty, like actually telling okay. people that I'm doing it professionally, and so uh, it kind of unfolded from that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I've wow. always been able to do a lot of things, but I've, I I think a lot of people uh, initially um, initially got into uh, my creative works through my art. A lot of the drawing mm-hmm. that I did, uh, Japanese animation uh, and westernized uh, style comic book work. Wow. Well, I am so excited and so happy that you're on the show today. You know, you have so much to offer, especially since, you know, you've done so much with so many different stars in an industry like uh, Mike Chat, Blue Ranger, Power Rangers, Lightspeed Rescue, Josh Dahlberg, Oscar award-winning win, uh, director and writer, uh, Don Richard, uh, Vanessa Williams. I love her. I think that she's beautiful, I know, right? and I and I, you know, and I don't think they should have taken her crown away. I am still in protest. Okay, <laughs> Nasty, <laughs> a big thing. Erica Baidu, actually, the drummer in my band actually went up with the Grammy with Erica when she was doing one of her albums. I forget which one, though. Molly C. Quinn, Casey Diedrich, Dwayne Harris. I mean, goes on. Tell me how all that happened. (laughs) Um, You know, I was really fortunate with that. I I used to sit around and, and draw in the mall, uh, my local mall (laughs) where I live with my grandparents. And my mom, and I don't know, it was really strange how I just had this strange, I had this weird idea come up to contact certain people on the internet. I just had their number up and I was just like, you know, I'm going to be brave and call these certain people and contact up. And it just started from that point. Like some people that I'm pretty sure are huge right now are just people that I I randomly called up. Um, I mean, the Vanessa Williams thing and, and the Don Richard thing, uh, those were through 
many years of doing work in the industry and then getting contacted to work with these people. Uh, the Vanessa mm-hmm. Williams one through um, a company named Dable Brothers, who was once affiliated with Marvel Entertainment. And they uh, asked me to be um, an illustrator to create what would be, I guess, a project uh, for Ugly Betty. And I ended up being mm. able to draw uh, the characters from Ugly Betty. Little did I know at that time in 2007 uh, that Vanessa Williams was one of the people acting it. And I've always known her music since I was a child. Like, wow. I pretty much bawled and cried to save the best for last. So <laughs> and I was like in grade four. So <laughs> I, I, um, I find that it was really, it was fate when that happened. I honestly thought that that was just like out of nowhere. It was just like, wow, this is the closest I'll ever get to Vanessa Williams is drawing her for Ugly Betty. Mm-hmm. And then it turned out that she uh, sent a message to the company to let them know that she loved my work. And I was, <laughs> I never got to hear that message, but again, as fate would have it years later, I posted it on my Instagram and I tagged her and I said, you know, I never got that message to see, you know, that she said that she liked my work, but you know, here's the work anyways. And then she ended up messaging and, and, and putting a, a comment underneath the artwork saying, I do love it. And I'm like, I'm going to faint right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it was so crazy. Oh, wow. My goodness. My goodness. You know, it's it's one thing for a person to go forward in their dream, and it's just another to go forward wholeheartedly, just do it, and have those crazy moments. Those crazy moments of 60 seconds were just, I don't care, I'm just going to call her. Bang, and then when you hang up the phone, how did you feel? Oh, how did I feel? Man. <laughs> it made me feel like anything was possible. You know, when when, when mm-hmm. random things happen like that, you just you, when you're not expecting them, it, it becomes the greatest gift. And I know a lot of people tend to let their ego get in the way or they let the, the heat of it just like overtake them and they get lost in that moment. And for me it was always about go, go, go. Let me just keep it going. But to to take that moment just for a second to be like, you know what? I listened to her when I was, I've, I've always loved her, but um, mm-hmm. just to be able to hear, hear her music, see how much it influenced, it influenced me. I think even by that chance, it was like, I knew that maybe one day I was going to work with her. I don't know. It was just that wow. weird sense of like, you know, if things are falling like this, if she's so significant, then mm-hmm. With my passion, maybe it could happen. And when it happened, I was like, now I know that anything that I go for will come true if I work hard for it. And that's how I just looked at it, and I moved on. I kept it going, you know. I, I, and that's with every every contact that I've ever had um, that I ended up being able to work with, like Don Richard, or Richard, sorry, uh, from uh, P. Diddy's Dirty Money when she went solo, and then she hit me up about doing um, – cover artwork for her um for her albums after i had already done cover artwork for her comic book series called danity kane which is not affiliated mm-hmm. with the group team but it was that's what she called the book and, and it was a right. manga book all the covers for that and that was another thing i was like okay this is the closest thing to bad boy records that i can get to this is crazy uh-huh. and 
you know, it's just it's so it's so weird because I also paid attention to Bad Boy when I was young. I I idolized right. uh, that whole movie with Biggie Smalls and um, Craig Mack and Total and Fake Evans. All those people were just mm-hmm. so big for me. Oh, yeah. And again, it was like one day I'm going to work, <laughs> and then that happened, you know. So um, I don't let anything, I don't leave anything to chance. I I work hard. Right. And and I hope the stars align from that point, you know. Definitely, you know, the music industry isn't what it is. I mean, what it what it used to be. It isn't even what it is really. But it's not what it used to be. And and being that you've worked with so many different people, what is there a difference when when you started to now, even in your aspect of the entertainment industry? Huh, has the, like you're asking if things have changed in terms of my perception? No, not but the reality. It's like, um, can you do the same thing and contact this? Use the same methods that you used before. You could use it now, or has things have things changed? Um, actually, I feel like artists these days are more reachable. I feel like they're much more mm-hmm. um, transparent in the way that you can get a hold of them and how they can now be there's no wall between us uh, between us i feel like it was always um the labels that put a huge van uh, like a veil between the artists and the fans uh to give them that mm-hmm. mystique and allure that they would need as an artist like they're untouchable mm-hmm. i feel like now artists are very much reachable if you put a post up and you tag them they're able to see them on instagram because they have their own Instagram accounts, their their own Twitter mm-hmm. accounts. There's no people holding on to those things. So I feel like it's way easier now than it was before. Um, and the example with the the Erica Badu thing was was one of those one of those things that happened where I um, I posted an artwork of um, of Tribe Called Quest. It was a tribute, and that mm-hmm. tribute got by Erica Badu, and she retweeted it, and it just blew up from that point. And that's how Big Tig got a hold of me. And that's how the whole thing started trickling down. Uh, Plug One from De La Soul uh, also liked mm. it, and, you know, that stuff. Like, it was just, you know, I, I, before you just had to be brave and hope that they didn't be like, why are you calling my phone? Like, because there was no internet. Right. <laughs> or there was internet. Exactly. But it wasn't as big as it is now. And so Correct. I think people are used to being directly messaged as opposed to, you know, 2000, the year 2000, where you're calling someone's phone and they're like, um, how did you get my number? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, wow. so I feel like it's so much easier now. I feel like it's a lot easier, but then the trick is, you know, there's a million people trying to contact that artist. So you just have to right. stand out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And have, what have you learned and put into practice that has helped you to do that, to get in front of those, to, to, to be different? Huh. Ah, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> what makes me I think I've always known when I was really young, um, actually it was my sister who ju- just recently passed. Um, no, suddenly unexpected. She, she was very, very important to me because she helped me to realize the dimensions that I had as an artist, which made me realize mm-hmm. how different I was. And with the influences that I had, I knew that there was something about how I would approach things that would stand out differently because 
Um, Prince was a huge influence. Michael Jackson was a huge influence. Um, and my, Prince helped me to realize that I could do everything as an artist because um, he could play every instru- instrument known to man. Myself, I couldn't play mm-hmm. every instrument known to man, but I could definitely pretty much do every art in the mm-hmm. art and entertainment industry. And I've always been able to, to show that with fluent, um, it, it's so fluently without any kind of struggle. So for me, it was like, okay, so now that I know I can do all these things, how do I organize myself to then get to that level where people can acknowledge that? Well, it's about building your one skill that you know that is really good that you need to put in the forefront, work on everything in the background and kind of slowly push the things that you can do to the contacts that you're, you're building up. So you, you know, for me, it was the art. So I, everyone just thought I did art when I was in high school. I stopped talking about music. I stopped talking about acting. I stopped talking about all that stuff. And I just focused mm. on art. But once I got to a level where people were paying attention to the art, then they were like, you know, yeah, we're going to make a comic book and we're going to do this stuff, but we're also making music and whatever. And then I could be like, well, you know, I actually do work on music. I've had this much experience. Um, or, you know, I, I do a little bit of acting if you need voice acting or something. Or if you need like a little whatever, then I, I kind of trickled those things in, but mastering everything at once, um, you know, and putting one thing to the forefront was really what did it for me. Um, and over time, I was able to show everything by example. Um, that's only mm-hmm. been within the last seven years. So it's been a process, but I feel like just knowing how much I could – I could bring to the table and working toward that when I was young up until now is mm-hmm. really what put me at an edge. Yeah. Wow. Now you do uh, before, I mean, you know, we've done so many different wonderful artists here. We've had so many different people come on the show and I know that if you, if, if an artist or an author or someone like you who is multifaceted doesn't practice what, what they're learning how can that hinder you? How has that helped you, you know, to, to move forward in your career? Oh, well, that's a true question. Um, oh, man. I, I, you got my tongue there. Um, how does <laughs> – okay, give me, give me a rephrase of that. Give me another rephrase. Give me an example, I guess. So, like, okay, so – in order to learn, in order to do something, you gotta learn it and then practice it. So how has yeah. that helped you? And that rhythm of learning something, practicing it, learning something, practicing. How does that help you become better in your career and better in your craft? Oh man, okay. So um, I've always had this passion for just. I think I've always just been been able to absorb anything that's art and entertainment related. So I think I already was ready to just jump into things, but practicing. Yeah. You have to practice, like you have to put the time in. And when you're doing multiple types of art, like you've got to really be careful that um, you're not over exerting yourself and, mm-hmm. and but also being able to absorb things. You need to understand that you are actually absorbing things and that taking a break is also giving yourself time to absorb the things that you're practicing. And so for me, right. um, I guess where it mattered most to me, um, by the, like I said, when I was in high school, grade nine, I started to draw um, like really seriously. I wasn't really good at it at all. 
And so what yeah. I had to do was I had to put in work. I had to put in the years in. I knew that. And I wasn't comfortable mm-hmm. with showing really what I was up to until I was done high school. And, but I already had singing under my belt. I already had uh, performance art under my belt. I already had uh, writing and literature under my belt. I already had certain things that were just there and crafts were sort of there right. too. But drawing was something that I felt like the visual part of everything that is so vocal and expressive in the body can be also be done through, through art, through visual art. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to get that down. So five years went into that. I, like I, said, I never told anyone I was doing music and, and all this other stuff. Cause I felt like it was just going to be overbearing for everyone. I mean, everyone says, Oh, I'm a, I'm a producer and I'm, I'm an artist and, and whatever, but it's, it, you know, everyone says that, that it just becomes, it becomes a cloud of smoke and not, you know, what, right. what do you do? What do you do to separate yourself? So um, the practice is, you know, making sure that you've got your skills down to a point where it's like, no one can deny that you're really good at that one thing. And then you can enter showing people all the other stuff. Um, right. And I just kept learning when I felt like I was ready for, for the art thing. Then I went into the production. Production was a late bloomer for me because um, I'm from a musical family as well. Um, and I've been exposed to that, but I never produced my own music. And I didn't want to mm. record music without producing my own stuff. So, um, right. Yeah, like I just, yeah, because I, yeah, boring beats and all this other stuff is just, oh my God, it can only go so far. <laughs> it's not ever going to be you. It's always someone else's sound and it's not you. So yeah. for me, you just got to, everything that you need, you got to work toward it. When I said I wanted to be a creative director, it stemmed from me being an, I wanted to be an animation director. And, and in order to be an animation director, you have to know every skill that there is in animation to then be a director, be able to, to understand how it all works together to then become a director mm-hmm. and have, and have a lot of experience behind it. So for me, right. being a creative director, well, I want to have control over my career. I want to have control over the things and the elements that I want to have and understand other people's jobs. Well, that means I have to get into the knit and grit of that. And I have to pretty much be a creative director of all fields. So if I want to be a into music, then I got to be a creative director of music, like an executive producer. Mm-hmm. Understand all the right. roles, understand everything. If I want to be in the comic book industry, I got to know how to do pencil, inking, coloring, post production, everything that needs to go into that. And then I have to be able to show that I'm able to put my efforts into creating something like that. And everything was that. Right. All the my whole life experiences, I'm building all these skills to say, okay, I've mastered this particular art. I'm moving on to the next mm-hmm. thing master that and how I I guess um to to finalize what it what the question was in um in terms of how to build everything to this this major point um practice made me realize that uh that with everything that I can do creative alchemy is my new my new I guess um creation or invention being able to fuse all the arts into one cohesive presentation that no one has ever seen before. That will change the industry. I want to be able to show that by showing every skill that I'm capable of bringing to the table, whether it be by myself or with other people with the understanding of how to work with them. Wow. 
Wow. Well, I want you to go ahead and tell people where they can reach you, and then go ahead and intro your song, I Am The Final, and that way we can go ahead and, and play the song and listen to your creativity. Oh, okay. So you can find me on uh, strikeboogie.com. Um, I'm super active on Instagram, so please check me out at instagram.com slash strikeboogie. The same goes for all of my social media, Twitter, Facebook. You can type in Strike Boogie and you'll find me. Um, my most recent project, uh, musical project, is my second follow-up album uh, from the which is uh, it's called um, Neurotic. And mm. I am working on uh, including uh, who I am. And that's the mm-hmm. one that uh, yeah, I'm in this celebration going to play for us. Uh, I really do appreciate it, by the way. Um, it's a very important song no problem. on the album. And uh, I hope you enjoy. Here we go. Who I am.
Vocals. I love the mystique of the vocals. I love, I love the percussion, the congas. I, I love the beat. I love, I love, I love that song. That's my song. It's not. I'm keeping that song. Sorry, Strike Boogie. He was awesome on the show. I want to thank James Brody for being on the show as well as Strike Boogie for being on the show. And Strike Boogie, I'm keeping that song. I'm keeping that song. I am keep. Boy, you don't even know. You don't even know how much I like that song. As a matter of fact, I might even put that up on our Roku station and, and put his picture up there and, and put some information about that link when I get a moment because I've been doing so many things. But we do have our Roku station, so you can subscribe to that at Stream Chasers Radio, Yaya Diamond. Uh, uh, was it Yaya Diamond, um, Indie Music. I, I just I love, love meeting people like like. These guys, my gosh, they're so inspirational. I'm just, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I feel, I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Strike Boogie, for being on the show. Oh, my gosh. When you put things in practice that you learn, it is so, so rewarding when it happens. And and then even more rewarding when it succeeds, when it's successful, I, I'm just, wow. Wow. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Is this still strike? Yep, I'm still here. You are not getting that song back, by the way. Just letting you know, <laughs> not getting it back. Just not. <laughs> Not getting it back. I'm gonna just hang up with you because you're probably upset with me right now. But that's okay. I'm mad because I'm mad. I don't care. <laughs> that song is nice, man. You're not getting that song back. I don't care what you say. That's my song. <laughs> you know, you so I'll leave you with one tidbit. I'll leave you with one tidbit. I'll leave you a one tidbit. Um. Okay. My influences were uh, Phil Collins, actually. Oh, Phil Collins is I love Phil Collins. Oh, let me tell I love you, man. Phil Collins. Phil we Collins can't even, don't Prince. even get me started. Don't do that. And, and Nine no. of Nails were my influence <laughs> for that song. Seriously. Seriously. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I got another guest still alive, but Strike, you have got to come back. And as a matter okay, of fact, no. I don't care what you say. You have got to send me more music because if you don't, I'm okay. going to be seriously upset with you. You're like my new oh, friend you that I'm mad at right now. So don't, don't even go there. I'm not, I don't even want to hear it. All <laughs> Thank <right>. you. <laughs> All right. Bye. I, I, I surrender. All right. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
All right, bye. Crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love taking people's stuff. I don't know what it is. I'm not, I, you know what, it's not called theft because I'm actually telling them that I'm taking it. So it's just, you know, I'm not borrowing it. I'm actually going to take it. It's just mine. I have my next guest on the line. Thank you so much for calling in. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. My name is Larry Bluford, Sr., and I've just created the Holy Grail after many years of research. Awesome. Well, tell me about it. Okay. Well, um, Maybe I should. Uh, you gonna have cut. to turn. Yeah, you gotta turn that down. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get rid of it. It's all right. <laughs> Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Cause it confuses okay. me. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. It confuses me too. <laughs> okay, so tell well, me about it. Thank- well, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, this is something that um, I want to get out to the world, and it's mm-hmm. going to affect um, it. The Holy Grail is something that um, is going to affect everybody. I just finished developing it after years and years of research, and probably about two weeks ago, uh, the last piece of the puzzle like. And so now, um, with this Holy Grail, uh, I'm going to be it's 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 um utopia worldwide it's just it's it's gonna create a utopia that of our dreams you know where it's no crime no homelessness no poverty uh no more disease it's all gonna come from the holy grail i created mm-hmm. and and the what i've the way it worked is um after millions of failures, um, I kept working on it. I, I was first seeking it, and I couldn't find it, the Holy Grail, you know, the the Holy Grail of all things. Uh, I couldn't find it in religion, and so I, I knew I had to create it myself. Mm-hmm. If we were, uh, so as I went along, um, I kept the parts that worked that I created that worked and I I got rid of the parts that didn't work until I came to a point about two weeks ago where the last part came to me and I put it in place and I said, this is it. I said, this is it. Now I got to get it out to the world to let the world know what I have so that uh, I could implement this so I could get the backing I need to put this into place. Mm-hmm. But I don't need backing per se. For instance, um, normally when you have a project like this, you go out and look for venture capital, and you go out and look for uh, someone to sponsor you and someone, uh, angel investors and whatnot. But because of technology, um, that's no longer the case. Now, anyone that comes up with a great idea can implement it without anyone else's help by creating their own cryptocurrency. Okay. I've created my cryptocurrency and I have a, I created 1 million um, utopia coins 
uh, for about, and it cost me forty dollars to have someone to do that. Okay. So, so now, um, with that million coins, um, if my project, like cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, it's a, it's running about ten thousand dollars per coin right now. Mm-hmm. Um, my cryptocurrency is valued at seventy-five millions of a dollar. Okay. So what I'm prepared to do now is enter into an agreement with an incubator that's going mm-hmm. to take my cryptocurrency based on my idea and get the funds to to have an ICO. Okay. Um, that's an in, initial coin offering. Uh, that will be in January. I got it set for January 13th, 2020. Okay. Uh, and they set all of that up. Um, and what's backing it? What's going to have people wanting to get in, invest in this project? Is because I'm going to issue, I'm going to go to all the governments and say I will take all the homeless off of your tax rolls, um, and I will take care of them. And you pay me X amount of dollars a month. And I will, you don't have to pay, whatever they need, I will supply it. Because with the one trillion cryptocurrency coins, Utopia coins, if they go up $5, remember Bitcoin is $10,000. If it just goes up $5, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'll have $5 trillion mm-hmm. to take care of the wants and needs of the poor and homeless around the world to eliminate, to reduce wow. and eliminate. Um, but that's just part of it. There's other parts too where um, to eliminate diseases mm-hmm. of what I call fountain of youth. So okay. the one million, so all of that money I'll get at the ICO, it will finance the, the building of five campuses uh in in Northern California near San Francisco. Okay. Uh one campus is gonna be called the Fountain of Youth Campus. That's gonna be where eternal life technology is gonna be developed, where we're gonna find a cure for all diseases. And to do all of this, that's one. And let me go through the other real quick. Uh, if you don't have any questions right now. No, I, uh, I don't actually. Okay. The second one is heaven on earth. Uh, that's where we get our, uh, that money will be financing a, um, a heaven on earth complex that's going to be working on climate change. We're going to eliminate all of that because I'm going to purchase or, and I'm going to hire uh, people in that area, the 30,000 smartest people in the world that knows STEM technology. Mm-hmm. Um, although heaven on earth don't have a lot to do with STEM technology, um, it will be working on freeing all people 
that are homeless, trapped, um, struggling day to day. We're going to supply their needs, and the way we're going to do that is to create citizenship. Uh, you want you be, to become a citizen in Utopia Worldwide. Uh, that five trillion dollars, if it goes up to ten dollars per per uh, Utopia coin, that's ten trillion dollars mm-hmm. to take care of all the people in the world. First, the needy, the most needy, but only if you're a citizen. So we're going to try to get the government to. And homeless crisis is is a it's a real emergency. It's a real crisis. I'm, yes. If I yes, and when I approach government with this idea, they're going to jump on it because um, they would love to get the homeless off of their roads, and I'll take care of getting them housing. I'll take care of um, taking care of all their basic needs. Everything they need that they don't have, I will take care of it, or my organization. Mm-hmm. The next one is, oh, um, yes. Um, you have a big heart. You have a very big heart. I I, I you really, much. you know what we need to, what we need to do is we need to have a show dedicated to what you have to say. Because I don't have enough time to put everything in there that I know you want to say. And I know, I know this is important to you and I don't want to stop you, but it's like, it's a lot to take in because yes, yes we do need to we do need to have a, a system like a lot of other countries are developing now for their homeless people because it's cheaper to take care of homeless people than to leave them on the streets and so i think that uh what you have the utopia of taking care of people and and your heart and and your desires are huge so what i'm going to do is I'm going to have you back on the show, but I'm going okay. to have more time for you. I'm going to have more time for you because this, this is, this is a big, this is a big vision and I want to have enough time to give you, you know what I mean? To give you that movement yes. so that you could talk about it. Um, but I, this I is amazing. Where, where can people reach you? That is the biggest thing. Uh, people could reach me at, on my uh, Facebook page at, Self-preservation technology, mm-hmm. um, or I have another Facebook page for my own personal is Larry D. Blueford Senior. B L U F O R. That's my Facebook page, but and my other um, page is Self-preservation technology, uh, and you can email me at Self-preservation technology dot Larry at selfpreservationtechnology.com and uh, I'll answer any questions that you have and I'll tell you about the citizenship program for Utopia that we're setting up. Uh, I also created I also created 10 billion uh, Utopia citizen tokens so that Mm. anybody wants to purchase a token. Right now they're only 50 cents each but I cannot sell tokens or I, I cannot sell the utopia coins or the utopia tokens because the SEC has warned me that I need to get registered to do that. Right. So, so why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? The moment that you get registered, 
and everything goes into play, and you got every piece in there, you come back on the show, and we'll we'll put an entire 45 minutes just for your show, just to, so you can explain it to everybody, because this is a this is an important thing, and it's going to help people. So I don't want to take away from that. Well, I appreciate that, and I would appreciate the 45 minutes because that would give me more time to explain the the entire program because it is complex and it is yeah expansive. So uh, I would appreciate the 45 minutes and um, no problem anytime. And I appreciate you having programs like this to to help uh, spread people to spread the word of good things yes. they're doing. So I exactly. really um, applaud you for having things set up to help people to do that like me. Definitely, definitely. So when you get every piece, that way we can, when we put it out there, people can grab it and run with it, and they can yes. do it. That That's that's what I want. So the moment that you get everything situated, you come back and you let me know, okay, and we will get okay. you back on the show. Okay? Okay. Well, thank you so All much, right No problem, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, too. All right. Bye bye. Wow, what a big project! That's huge. That's bigger than I've ever thought. But you know, if you have that dream, if you have that goal and that aspiration, if that is something that you want to do, and you you know you're constantly going back and forth, back to the drawing board, learning something new, implementing it, putting it into practice. Man, let me tell you, I'm here. I want to hear it. I want to hear about it. And and just. Make sure you contact Dream Chasers Radio. You can go to yayadiamond.com or dreamchasersradio.com and go and fill out my contact me form and go there and just shoot me a letter and say, hey, Yaya, I, I have this idea, and tell me about it and see if I can get you on the show because I really, really appreciate all the creativity that everyone brings to this show, okay? It's not my show. It's your show, okay? And I have my next guest on the line. Thank you so much for being on the show. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your man, Chef Jerome Brown. Hope all is well. What's going on this Sunday evening? Yeah, yeah. What's up, Chef? What's up? How you doing? I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Ain't even get started good. You already hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. I hear you can cook. <laughs> well, you know, I do a little something. I do a little something. <laughs> no. Oh, so, okay, so, okay. So you're from North Carolina. You got cornbread? Cause I, I, Absolutely. You know, Sweet that's potato my, cornbread. That's my exact. favorite. Cornbread. What? I'm from Chicago. We eat cornbread mm-hmm. for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with a little bit of butter on it. <laughs> so tell me how you we, guys We do the started. sweet potato cornbread down here. What? We do no, the sweet don't potato cornbread. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we, listen. You just hit a sister. Anybody can make I cornbread. I fell back in my chair. <laughs> I fell back in my chair for a second. Like I ain't never had that. You gonna have to send a sister some of that. What where'd that be at? Listen, listen everywhere I'm, you want to eat, everywhere you, you need it to be. Hot butter. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me how you guys started. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, first of all, I always, you know, tell people, listen, this this is the gift that God gave me, right? Uh, mm-hmm. We all have gifts and talents that are uh, nurtured and, and you know, worked on throughout the years, and we own our skills, and, and then they turn into 
what was already predestined, I think. Uh, but for me mm-hmm. specifically, you know, at the age of seven, I saw my mother cooking pancakes one day, and I just watched her. I just watched. I tasted. They were delicious. And the next morning, like kids, you know how kids are. They, you know they act like they got a mm-hmm. job and they're getting up earlier than <laughs> than everybody in the house. Mm-hmm. I was that kid, and I went in the kitchen and pulled everything out, and I tried to duplicate everything that I saw her do the day before, and I had pancakes all over the kitchen, stacks of them, (laughs) (laughs) stacks of smokiness, (laughs) you name it. And she came to the doorway from her bedroom and she said, turn down the flame, it's too high. And instead of tearing my behind up for being Mm seven-year-old, messing with her gas stove, she actually cultivated the gift that was inside of me. And because of Mm. that, by the time I was nine, she didn't have to cook anymore, and uh, mm. unless she just chose. And then by the time she was, tw- I was twelve. You know, I was really handling a lot of the cooking responsibilities in the house. You know, at, at the same time playing sports in school and 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 and, and coming home. So that was, that was it. That was it. That was it. That, 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 was that sounds like a good relationship. It wow, it was. that it was sounds a, like a great relationship. relationship. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I miss it dearly. Wow. So, okay, so for more than 20 years, you've been working and and mastering your craft. You've been doing so many different things. You have become a chef to the stars. Tell me how that kind of developed because, you know, most people think, oh, you went from cooking in your kitchen to cooking in their kitchen. Did that happen like that? (laughs) No, absolutely not. Uh, For me, (laughs) for me, it was a thing where, um, I went into the U.S. Army as a cook, right? I went into the U.S. Army as a cook, and that really taught me how to um, cook in mass quantity. And when mm-hmm. I got out of the um, when I got out of the Army in 1992, you know, ultimately I moved back to Rocky Mount. I moved to Rocky Mount, North Carolina, when my mother was mm-hmm. a Carolina girl, and mm-hmm. um, and and I, you know, started working at one of the country clubs here. Well, fortunately for me, that country club was actually accredited by the Culinary Institute of America. So I, it was like I was getting a free education and a check at the same time. So instead mm. of me going to culinary school like most people, I actually got it. I came through the back door, as they say, and got it and arrived there uh, very differently than the norm. Mm. So that was it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. so you have shared cuisine with A-list celebrities, and most people don't know what A-list is. Like, I'm on the J-list, and there he did the A-list. So. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're on the list, though. I'm on the list. list. It's a little further down than I want to be, but it's on the list, okay? (laughs) 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 You have done some (laughs) wonderful things and served some wonderful people like Colin Powell, Shaquille O'Neal, Lamont Rucker, Priscilla Presley, Star Jones, Nancy Kerrigan, uh, Carl mm-hmm. Gustav, which is the king of Sweden, oh, Byron yeah. Case, which yeah. is saying, I hope you gave him some good food for his throat, Michael Biffy, Cam Newton, and so many more. Well, tell me what it was like to be in their kitchen. And, and now 
a retired superstar Shaquille O'Neal as well. He must eat a lot, though. I mean, I mean, he's a big guy. You know what? At seven foot one, um, oh! and his playing weight, his playing weight was three hundred and twenty-five pounds. He actually <sighs> probably eats less than you and I both put together. Hmm. Yeah. He 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 was very, very disciplined, very disciplined mm-hmm. in his eating. Um, at that time, while he was active and playing ball, and 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 because uh, one of the things I learned about him is that he was a cre- he is a creature of habit. So I imagine mm-hmm. that he's still eating pretty well, considering the fact that he's retired, which means you actually mm-hmm. have to pay more attention to. His weight now. Yeah. Um, his chef now is uh, Alex Kona, an amazing chef out of Miami. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, Alex came in after I left, and he's still there. So I, that being said, I know uh, Shaq is, is definitely taking care of his body even still. But mm-hmm. with, with those clients, the list of clients that I've had over the years, even Colin Powell and so on and so forth, um, and the Obamas that did their second um, inaugural ball as the feature chef for this wow. second inaugural ball called uh, Global Peace, and it what it, it becomes the norm when you're around people, you know, day in and day out. When you be, when you're when you do something on a regular, you, you get used to it. But I didn't take it for granted. I was uh, very very humbled by every experience um, each celebrity brought. A different experience, and you know, I, nobody was the same. I learned something very mm-hmm. differently from each one of them. You know, for example, Shaq um, always gave me financial advice. Uh, Brevin Knight gave me what I call sensible advice for those who have money and 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 how you should conduct yourself when you finally arrive at that place where you got it. Um, Byron mm-hmm. Cage was one who taught me how to sow into the lives of others and when to say no. Mm-hmm. And he showed me the example. Mm. He was like, look, man, you know, um, he and Brevin Knight both was like, look, you know, when you when you have money and when you and when people, you know, um, are in, are close to you, it's who's asking that makes it so hard to say no. And he said, but mm-hmm. but Byron Byron taught me one day. He said, he said, listen, I want you to repeat after me. Mm, man, I wish I could. I have it, but it's earmarked for something else. And you know what? That was one of the greatest lessons that I've learned. That was one of the greatest mm. lessons I've learned because I was like, you know, like many of them, give you a shirt off my back or give you my last mm-hmm. and then suffer the consequences later. You know, so those are lessons that I had to learn early on, and um, and I'm grateful for those lessons. Mm. Mm. I love that. I love that because, you know, we do have that that moment in our lives where we can either go one way or the other, and to have people in right. your lives that keep you grounded is so necessary, so necessary. Um, mm-hmm. So I know that everybody is listening, and they're like, wow, this is great, Yaya, but what does he suggest for me? I want to lose some weight. I'm going through this. I'm going through that. So it's like, it's, you know, food is like, okay, so 
I have learned that I can't eat what I used to eat when I was younger because if I eat it, I wear it the next day. <laughs> so, it's like a lot of people were like asking, yeah, yeah, you know, you got him on the show. Ask him what he suggests for me. I'm like, dude, let him just kind of give a general outline of it and you run with that, okay? Because everybody's different. I mean, I, I have friends of mine that can eat a ton of food and not wear it tomorrow, but you put that same mm-hmm. food on my plate and I'll wear that tomorrow and the next day and the next day. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know what that is? Honestly, it's your blood type. It's mm. your blood type. That's why I, I tell people everywhere I go, if you don't know what your blood type is, you need to learn it because it is a di- direct correlation to what causes you to maintain weight or lose weight, um, what keeps your body in a stable place versus a place where the least little thing seems to go straight to your hips or whatever. Um, yeah, I got some I, You know, for <laughs> but, so you say that like it's a bad thing, right? Oh, brothers no. and fellas out here like my son that like that, so yeah. <laughs> don't, hey. don't do that. <laughs> don't start me. But, you get me all upset <laughs> over here. Uh-uh. <laughs> Listen, I promise you, I promise you, um, and I also tell people that not every diet is appropriate for you. You know, right mm-hmm. now keto is the big thing, and before it was the South Beach diet, and then it was mm-hmm. this diet and that, and that that you know Weight Watchers. And uh, listen, I'm not knocking any of them. I'm not. I promise you, I'm not. But what I tell folks is that listen, consult your um, nutritionist, not your doctor, mm-hmm. unless you have some serious issues. But your nutritionist, your doctor can tell you the general rules of what you should be aware of and be mindful of for your body, but your nutritionist will tell you how to arrive there. I just so happen to be mm-hmm. a nutritionist and a chef, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make it healthy Excuse for me? you, but it's going to taste so good what? that you're questioning it. And that's been my key to my success. <laughs> So, that's nice. That's good. I like that. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Now, <laughs> going back and learning again, how was that for you? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? What do you mean? Because I'm like, constantly learning. Okay, so you, right. Okay, so constantly learning, constantly putting things in practice. Have you always been that way, uh, or is that something you adopted along the way? Uh, I've always adopted that along the way because I'm a personal chef by trade. You know, I come mm-hmm. to you and I I give you, I bring your your vision to a reality. So if I'm okay. your chef every day, or if I'm your chef for one time and then I'm gone, I'm you know as a personal chef that's what I do. So one mm-hmm. of the rules that I've learned in that regard is that hey, it's not about me. It's about mm those who I'm I'm cooking for. So I, as I travel, you know, literally all over the world, you know, cooking whether it's one meal and I get back on a plane and head home or a series of meals, it's really about the person that I'm preparing um, that dish for or that, that, that segment of meals for, you know. So, um, and I mm-hmm. tell other young chefs remain teachable. You know, if you remain right. teachable, then that that's your opportunity to become 
well-rounded um, through and through. So mm, I love it. I love it. You know, yeah. people use their relationship with food in a negative way as well. You know, and being a nutritionist, you understand these things. I'm sure that you've gone through where you have bulimia, you have anemia, you have uh, anorexia, you have uh, binge eating, emotional eating. Um, there's so many different things that kind of coincide with food that is negative as well as positive. I mean, you get your nutrition, your grains, your 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 fiber, uh, all the natural components that your body needs to survive. But what about the mm-hmm. other stuff? Have you ever have you ever had to talk about that? Yeah, I have on many occasions. You know, one of the things I tell people all the time is, you know, don't take yourself too seriously. Don't judge mm-hmm. yourself too harshly, right? Uh, because what happens is you put undue and unfair stress on yourself that you don't deserve, and you know, and when we talk about, you know, I I, I tell folk from time to time and and keep in certain moments that, you know, just because a person is is big, um, that doesn't mean that they aren't healthy, right? Society right. put that on us. Society says, you know, you got to be this thin or that thin to be considered healthy, and that's a lie. It's BS, mm-hmm. right? And mm. and and so. What happens is we get caught up in what society says or what the fashion magazine. First of all, I hate them. I hate the fashion magazines because, first of all, if I want to wear white after Labor Day, kiss my behind. I'm wearing white, and I might go all white. <laughs> Hell, I might throw an all-white party <laughs> in uh, December. Hello. So we get, caught up in, we get caught up in what society says is what's right and what's wrong, and then we go putting all this pressure on ourselves. And I tell women mm-hmm. when I speak and I, when I speak to these different women organizations or conferences, you know, stop judging each other. Y'all like women judge each, listen, women are the worst when it comes to dealing with each other as it relates to who has on what. Y'all don't dress for yeah. us, y'all dress for what I say. Right? <laughs> I, I have I have six <laughs> sisters and one brother, right? And I sit and I listen. My my sisters I'm thankful and I'm grateful for all of them because they schooled me. They schooled me to the game. Uh-huh. They schooled me to 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 women and they like, look, this is what this means. This is what that probably means. This is what you shouldn't do. This is what you shouldn't say. They have schooled me. And but one of the things I I've noticed is that y'all are too harsh on each other and yourselves. And so mm-hmm. when it comes to food, I'm like, look, enjoy life. And everything in moderation, everything mm-hmm. in moderation, and, and, and you're going to be all right. You know, if you need to take a couple or you want to take a couple pounds off, as long as you're doing it for you and not for what mm. somebody else to say. And, and at the end of the day, if you are accepted by a certain individual or a certain group of people, then they don't deserve and they're not worth your time anyway. Right. Wow. And, you know, that is so cool that you're not only a chef, but you have the the knowledge and the understanding that not everybody is in a cookie cutter cookie was it cookie cutter body, 
Is he like a cookie cutter right. house? You know, cookie. Right. It, it just doesn't happen that way. And not everybody is the same. Right. And I, I like that. You know, I've never really thought about going to the doctor and said, "Hey, you know, what kind of blood type? It, what should I be eating?" You know, I've heard of it, but I just never implemented. How 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 important is that though? It's very important. It's everything. Um, the the book there there's a book called Eat Right for Your Blood Type. That book mm-hmm. um, really breaks down what works for one person versus another. Um, and you know when I when I was working with Shaq, uh, he had a high ankle sprain at the beginning of the season. This was the year I think it was '07 when they won um, the championship with the Miami Heat. And mm-hmm. um, that same year, he had a high ankle sprain. But lo and behold, he was able to lose 25 pounds while he was inactive. And he said for the first mm-hmm. time in his year, that was an amazing way that he's actually lost weight while he was inactive. All I did was mm-hmm. change a few things in his diet uh, to combat his, um, you know, inactivity during that time. And it kept the weight off of him. And so when he began to work out again and to get back on the court, he was already in a great space. And and mm-hmm. so understanding understanding um, how your blood type works for your body, you know, you know, people know, the most that a lot of people know is that if you're type O, you can give blood to anybody. You've got universal blood. And, but they don't know that if you're type O and you're trying to lose weight, two things you need to stay away from the most are the two things that a lot of people run to when they so-called go on a diet, wheat and citrus, <laughs> orange juice, wheat bread, grain. You want to stay away from that, right? So it's important to know mm-hmm. that if you don't know, if you haven't been taught that, and you're wondering why you're, 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 on, you're working out but you're still not – Eat right and working out go hand in hand. And so, mm-hmm. um, but the rules that apply to that, you, you really need to know for yourself. And that's why I always recommend you ask a professional. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I absolutely love this. <laughs> you do have a book yourself called Eat Like a Celebrity. A couple of them. Southern, well, I yeah. see Southern Cuisine with a Gourmet Twist on Amazon. Right. Am I correct? Right. Right. What else? And I also have Carolina table. Soul. Mm. Also have Sounds Carolina good. Soul, which mm-hmm. is um, the Down Home Taste of the Carolinas. That's my latest cookbook. Um, it, it is, you know, about foods that are indigenous to North and South Carolina. I talk about everything mm-hmm. from moonshine to, you know, barbecue, Eastern Carolina barbecue or South Carolina style uh, uh, Gucci cooking and, and so on and so forth, as well as some of my favorite places to eat between North and South Carolina. So, yeah. Yep. I love it. Hold on a second. So it's it's everything. Okay. I, I'm just going to add you to my Amazon book list. So you guys, if you ever wanted to get that book, you just go ahead and go to my Amazon book list. Yes. You can also go to his And website. if they get it from you, uh, if they mm-hmm. if they get it from you, I will make sure that they don't pay any taxes or fees. All right? Mm. No taxes I love or, it. or delivery. 
Okay, just play That's the flat right. rate of, for the book. All right. I love it. Only for the month of it. September, though. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Wow. You know, I absolutely love what you're doing. Not only are you like, you know, you're cooking, you're you're doing your book. What is it like to put together a cookbook? A lot of people cook in the kitchen. They just and they keep it there. They just they do the best in their whole neighborhood knows. You want good food, you want good lunch, dinner, you go over there, you go down the block. <laughs> <laughs> how right. did they do the right, cookbooks? Right. How 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 did you go about doing that? Um, my first cookbook was very tough. It took me it literally <laughs> I always laugh when I say this, but it literally took me fourteen years to write. Mm. Fourteen years. It was like over the course of fourteen years to write uh, my very first cookbook. Uh, just because I was compiling things as I as I went along and learning as a because I self-published it, right? And mm-hmm. um, and I wanted it to be a book about my clients, athletes, entertainers, you know, my early childhood, my military days, all of that. I wanted it to, to re- be reflective of that. So it was a compilation over the years. But it literally took me a year for Carolina Soul. Um, and it is re- it was really about those recipes that, I uh, got a lot of attention from or highly requested or things that really meant something to me. It was those recipes mm-hmm. that I, I had to learn how to write it, not not from a punctuation standpoint, but structurally. I had to I had to be able to structure a recipe, and it was it wasn't you know I was writing it the way I would put it together, and and that wasn't necessarily in the order that it needed to be in. So. <laughs> I had wow. And so, uh, but, you know, I, I, as I learned from the first one, as I went along and I had things that really did well, I wrote those recipes down and, you know, put them in a nice Word document and put it together. Mm-hmm. And so that was it. And when the publisher came along, I said, here you go. Fill in the blanks. And that was it, honestly. Wow. You know, yeah. I, I, Definitely, definitely love what you're doing, and and you do have available on your website uh, different things and, and different ways for your special events for people to contact you and get event packages and and different things mm-hmm. like for twenty guests and for thirty guests and forty guests. So you're still doing it. You're still doing it. I love it. I I just I I commend you. Thank you so much. First of all, for being on the show. And second Thank of all, you. for being so cool, it. so cool. You are so <laughs> cool. And now Thank comes my PO box to get my sweet potato corporate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> oh my gosh! I would do a product review. Be like, I love I it. That. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Thank you so I, much. you know. No problem. On this show, just like you, I have had so many wonderful people, so many wonderful people doing something. They're starting somewhere. They're going somewhere. They're thinking about things like the gentleman before you. He's trying to get everything together. He's going to be back on the show once that comes together because I really want a full package to present to people. But it's great to see the progress 
what kind of advice do you have for people who are putting together stuff, who are trying to do it, and, and you know, maybe they need that extra push? What would it be that we, you would say to someone like that? Um, basically, you know, well, if you're if you're a chef um, or anybody for that matter, if you have a gift or a talent that you love, remain teachable as it concerns that talent. Because if you remain teachable, you'll always be able to learn something that will make you better. Um, I think if you apply that rule, that's that's how I operate. Um, and, you know, just continue to cultivate it, continue to network, to continue to put your ideas out there, um, or mm-hmm. not necessarily your ideas, but the fact that you have this gift out there, and network in the circles that will get you noticed. That's it. And mm-hmm. don't be afraid to ask for knowledge or help. Lean from it what makes sense for you and leave the rest. You know, keep the positive, mm. leave the negative. And don't be so high-minded that you somebody else can't teach you something or tell you something. And, and if mm-hmm. it's something that's going to benefit your business and it's coming to you from a, a humble place or a helpful place, Receive that because the person that can't receive good sound advice, you're a fool. Mm. That's it. You're a fool. Mm. But if you can mm-hmm. receive good sound advice and know that it comes from a place of help and not harm, then you are well on your way to being successful. Mm-hmm. That's it. Wow. That you know. Thank you so much, Chef Rome, for being on the show. And, and for doing what you do and showing people that it, it you know it's it's all in your efforts it's all in what you're what you put forward and it you could do it yeah. you could do it right. definitely that's right i appreciate that's right. it i appreciate it i appreciate you yeah. i appreciate my my sweet potato cornbread <laughs> you guys, I don't know. You got to get this cookbook. Is the sweet potato cornbread in the cookbook? Yes, yeah, it's actually in um, oh. Carolina Soul. Oh, it sure is. And the oh. picture in there has that so hot butter pouring right over it. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. I, I don't know. Nothing in my refrigerator is going to satisfy me right now. <laughs> but I, I <laughs> you guys got to get the cookbook, man. I'm telling you, you got to get the Absolutely. cookbook because if that's in there, you should just get the cookbook because of that. Just get it. Just get the cookbook. I'm telling <laughs> you, you so and much. it's full of amazing <laughs> recipes. Full of amazing recipes. I am sure. So. I am so sure. Thank you so much, Chef Rome, for being on the show. It You're has welcome. been an honor and a pleasure. And listen, let me say wow. this one last thing. One last thing. If for those mm-hmm. of you who want to reach out to me, I answer my own emails. You can find me on all the mm-hmm. social media sites um, at Chef Jerome Brown on Instagram and Facebook, and Twitter is Chef Jerome Brown. You spell J A Y, okay? And um, and I do answer my emails, Chef Rome at Gmail dot com, okay? And my website is Cookwithrome dot com. Nice. Well, I'm going to go ahead and add you. I don't have a lot of people. I've sent you a friend request. If ever you want to post on my page, just go ahead and do it, and I'll I'll accept it. Because you know, thank you. I we we need to we need to 
you need to be around people that are doing things, you know, and surround yourself yeah, with people sure. who are positive. And I truly believe that you are definitely a positive person to to be around. So thank you again, Chef Chef Jerome Brown. You guys to be he's on the show tonight. Thank you again so much, as Chef Rome. And, and you, you know Lord. what? Thank you for from from now on you're gonna be like known as Chef Sweet Potato Cornbread Rome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying about with you. <laughs> no problem. No Thank problem you so much. <laughs> all right, you guys. You guys know how to do it. You can go to cookwithrome.com and and go ahead and copy and paste that into your browser. Any of the people that have been on the show today, you can definitely just hook up and just go ahead to my description box right here underneath the interview and grab anybody's stuff and go straight to their page because I want to make sure that you know that these people are available to you. And, uh, again, Chef, thank you again so much for being on the show. You got it. Have a good one. All right, you too. Wow. What a wonderful show. I'm hungry, but I had a great time. I'm not kidding you. I'm actually going to go to the kitchen and try to figure out if there's something there that I can eat. But I think Chef Roman messed me up. Because all I can think about is sweet potato cornbread. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm cracking myself up. But no lie, I am so. Oh gosh, what am I gonna do? I thank you guys so much for being an avid listener to Dream Chasers Radio. I'm actually laughing and crying because I don't have any sweet potato cornbread, and I don't have the cookbook. This is not good. <laughs> But thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm going to go and look in my refrigerator and see if I can eat something that comes close to what Chef Rome can cook, but I doubt it. All right, guys, until the next time. And don't forget to be different. Oh, my gosh, I'm so hungry. Bye. <laughs> mm-hmm.